Sony. Hello, Canada. It is Tony here in Saskatchewan. Today's date is November 15th, 2021, and this is another Canadian common sense rant. You know, I was thinking about this recently, and I have a really hard time calling myself a proud Canadian. And I used to think that I was a proud Canadian. I used to think that this is such a this is a great country, and it can be, it could be. But then I realized that I love this country, but by no means am I a proud Canadian. And kind of the more I thought about it the last little while, the more I realized that I think the only times I really feel proud to be a Canadian is, well, when there's Olympic hockey, for example, and we're winning, or when the women's soccer team is kicking ass and taking names on the international stage. Those are the times that I feel like a proud Canadian. And then I realize, even with that, I'm proud of the teams that represent the country, but it's hard to be a proud Canadian. I love the country, and I certainly feel a part of the country when these sports teams are doing great, and I feel very much a part of the bigger Canadian family. For example, when Lewis and I go to Grey Cup festivities, and we're there partying down with people from all across this country, then... I feel like I am part of the Canadian family. But unfortunately, for, well, most of my entire life, and, well, I'm 50 years old, so I'm not exactly young. Almost my entire life, I have lived in Canada under federal governments that are divisive, and they have played divisive politics. They have played East versus West, and they've done it very well. And this is nothing new, of course, but throughout my lifetime, that's really all I've lived under for federal governments. The only one I can think of that really wasn't hardcore in trying to pit East versus West would be the government of Stephen Harper. And that government was definitely not without flaws at all. But at least I can say I was impressed with Mr. Harper's leadership on the international stage especially but also on the national level. There's a cartoon called The Milch Cow, which I don't know if how many of you are familiar with it in our audience. At any rate, it was a political cartoon drawn over 100 years ago. And this cartoon is of a cow, and it's superimposed over top of a crude map of Canada. And it has Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba feeding this cow and then has the, the cow's udder over top of Ontario and Quebec, who are milking this cow. So, and the, the idea being that the West feeds the cow, Ontario and Quebec milk it. And that was 100 years ago, plus. And that's still true today. And that is the division that federal governments have continued to imprint upon us, embolden, and... 
that has been ramped up and exacerbated so horribly by the Trudeau government in six years. And purely for Trudeau's own political gain, he has been hard at pinning East against West. He has handed him as much as he can to Quebec because that's where he is from. And we saw the, all saw the video that said, you know, Quebecers are just better. And yes, he was young when he made that video, but big deal. Cancel culture knows no age limits, apparently. Unless you're on the left, of course. Huh, there's another thing. But it's unfortunate that the Eastern media also gets into the game. And lately, I think what really tipped me off was COP26, the latest in the series of worthless environmental summits, climate change summits that went on. Canada sent the largest delegation of any country in the world to this climate summit. There was 37,000 people at, at this COP26 summit in Scotland, all of whom flew to Scotland largely on private jets, government jets. There was a luxury yacht that was rented so that uh, there for some temporary accommodation. There was uh, a power outage where a coal-fired electric uh, electrical generating station was fired up to supply more power for the environmentalists trying to get rid of coal. Let that one sink in. But at any rate, what also happened during COP26 was Justin Trudeau, ever the virtue signaler, stood up and said, Canada is going to cap emissions on the oil and gas sector. Of course, Steve Gilbo, the new environment minister, was quite happy to parrot that all around the conference as well. But you see, the cabinet ministers haven't even been given mandate letters yet, so they're really not even officially in their roles. So this was just kind of rolling off the top of JT's head that, oh, we're going to cap emissions in the oil and gas sector. Of course, no details whatsoever. And then back home, premiers from the oil and gas producing provinces mainly Alberta and Saskatchewan, but we all know that there's also the petroleum industry somewhat in British Columbia, somewhat in Manitoba, and also quite heavily in Newfoundland. And, well, it doesn't sound like any of those premiers actually got asked what their opinions might be. So Scott Moe, premier of Saskatchewan, the Saskatchewan party just happened to have their annual general meeting and convention about 10 days ago. So good timing that this came up, the party passed a resolution that it's time to start asserting more of Saskatchewan's authority, which any province can actually do under Section 92 of the Constitution, and Quebec has done it very, very well. And so Scott Moe, I think in frustration, said that it's time that Saskatchewan started acting like Quebec and became a nation within a nation because it's quite clear that the larger Canadian family and values and the values of Saskatchewan don't align with one another. And fair enough. Well, I mean, what he was saying was that we need to be like Quebec. We need to be equals and we need to assert our provincial authority like Quebec. Now, the Eastern media ever the pompous and arrogant SOBs that some of them are, and you're going to hear a few clips from one of them right away, of course took the task and said, oh, well, I mean, nationhood within, within Canada is, is 
is, is a special thing. And there's a podcast I listen to in the mornings from CPAC, the Canadian, the Canadian Parliamentary Access Channel. Um, it's The host is actually quite a good fellow. The, the guests he has on sometimes are not so great. But I have to listen to that so I can keep up with what's going on in the Ottawa bubble so that you, our humble listeners, don't need to. But anyway, this particular guest that was on last week's show really sort of portrayed to me the the arrogance of the Ottawa bubble when it comes to the hinterlands, the flyover country out in Western Canada, those areas that continually get mocked and taken advantage of. And so, of course, they they had to, to, to seize on this whole nation within a nation comment of Scott Moe's and... Well, I'm going to play a few clips. I won't play... This man went on for about five minutes, but I'm just going to play a few different clips just so you can get some ideas of what Mr. Dan Legere had to say on the on the CPAC podcast. He was... Uh, well, I think he's retired, but he was a longtime broadcaster and political commentator and analyst or whatnot. But he had a few... Well, interesting things to say about the idea of Saskatchewan being a nation within a nation. Uh, listen to these couple clips first. Does Saskatchewan have a different cultural identity within Canada? No, uh, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It is not a nation. Saskatchewan is not a nation. And that's absurd. It speaks exactly the same language as everybody else. Uh, curling is not native only to Saskatchewan, although they're wonderful at it. And, you know, it doesn't have a distinct cultural identity. I defy that. I mean, and it, there isn't even a name for people from Saskatchewan. I mean, it's not like Quebecois or Albertans or Nova Scotians. There are Saskatchewan people. Why don't they figure out some kind of a name yeah. for themselves? I think, uh, I think they know, do that, say Saskatchewanians, but anyway, yeah. I've never, yeah, okay, well, even Scott Moe doesn't say that, so. So, Mr. Legere, you may never have heard Scott Moe say the word Saskatchewanian, but if you ever chose to get out of your Nova Scotia bubble and spend a day in Saskatchewan, you'd hear, well, Saskatchewan's most popular talk radio host, for example, use the word Saskatchewanian daily, as well as a bunch of other people who live here. So, yeah, we do actually have a name that we call ourselves, refer to ourselves by, but I guess you wouldn't know that because you're too busy looking down your nose at us. Anyway, all Mr. Moe is suggesting is that it is time for Saskatchewan to stand up for itself. And that apparently offends some people in the Eastern media to the point where they continue to mock the idea they continue to try to put down the idea, and they continue to try, as far as in the case of government, and Mr. Trudeau openly hates Western Canada and is doing the best he can to handcuff the cash cow that is Western Canada to, I guess, cut off his nose in order to spite his face, because I don't really understand where he thinks the extra revenue is going to come from. But as Mr. Legere so eloquently points out there is no western canada bashing that is complete unless the province of alberta is included like in this clip <laughs> 
and uh, the other uh, sterling leader of the West, uh, Jason Kenney, are both complaining because uh, they were not duly consulted or given, the, I suppose, a veto over Canada's uh, position at the climate conference. Of course, Jason Kenney has not without his flaws. He certainly has, uh, well, his popularity has has waned and ebbed and flowed. And Lewis and I have openly questioned on this show some of the decisions that Jason Kenney makes. But, of course, because he stands up for Alberta and not for the pandering to the Eastern media that the Eastern media wishes he would do, he has to be mocked as well and put in his place, like his dirty oil industry, for example. And it's it's just really unfortunate how the Eastern media gets scores points off of Alberta bashing. And it's sad because Alberta especially is the biggest part of that cash cow that is the energy industry that funds the CBC and the $600 million bailout that the, much of the legacy mainstream media has gotten to, well, to trash Alberta and Saskatchewan. And Mr. Kenny as well had said when they were negotiating childcare deals that he wanted to have the $6 billion with no strings attached, just like Quebec got, and of course was openly mocked again. Because in Alberta, probably 50% of the child care spaces are in private businesses, not in government-run daycares. And good Lord, you could not possibly have Trudeau approve of anything that is not government-run. Because, well, Trudeau loves that word government, and he loves that word liberal government. So, of course, Jason Kenney had to get mocked for that. And Jason Kenney has also, in his time, suggested that Alberta should possibly assert some of its constitutional privileges, rights, whatnot. And 20 years ago, before Jason Kenney was even a politician in Alberta, there was a a letter written by Stephen Harper, Ted Morton, and a slew of other academics and political types that became referred to as the firewall letter, and that was in response to the Jean Chrétien government clamping down on Alberta. And essentially the firewall letter said exactly what Scott Moe is saying now, that it is time to start asserting provincial authority. And I was all for it back then. I am still all for the idea now, because it is time for provinces to protect ourselves. And... Effectively, what Scott Moe was saying is, yes, we need to become a nation inside a nation, just like Quebec. In other words, we need to have what Quebec has and be equal to Quebec. Again, let's listen to Mr. Dan Legere. And, um, you know, Scott Moe's feelings are hurt. Um, well, so be it. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is just one of the most incomprehensible things I've ever heard a premier say. Um, you know, he claims he's not talking about separation. Well, that's good, you know, <laughs> but being a nation within a nation, I'm sorry, uh, Scott Moe, you're not Quebec and, uh, never will be. 
No, indeed, we are not Quebec, and no, indeed, we never will be Quebec, and we don't want to be Quebec. What we do want is to be equal partners in Confederation. For that matter, I would love to see 13 equal partners in Confederation. I suppose 14 if you count the federal government in Ottawa, but I have zero use for them. It's all about equality. I'm very egalitarian that way. I just want all provinces to take full advantage of all that is granted to them under our Constitution. But instead, we have a media that mocks the very idea for anybody who is not Quebec, and we have a government, federally, in Ottawa, that does everything in its power to make certain that only Quebec gets to be special. So I guess... We're all equal, just not as equal as Quebec.